Today we dive into parables in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus speaks stories that illustrate the kingdom and the familiar things that we encounter here on earth. The parable of the sower. You may have heard me talk a bit about my father's family. My father, Joseph Drawdy, was the son of an airplane engine mechanic, grove tender, and cattle rancher. His name was Levi. He was also the grandson of a man who was a successful farmer who knew how to grow produce in sandy Florida soils, which, if you've ever tried, is no small feat. Though one summer locusts invaded the farm and stripped it bare, microscopic nematodes were the biggest problem. They usually don't kill the plants outright. Instead, nematodes invade the root system and affect the plant's ability to absorb nutrients and water. Nematodes stunt plant growth and significantly reduce any harvest. So take note, if you are an amateur gardener, stick to containers and dirt from the hardware store. Our family sower was Spencer Braddock, also called Red for his shock of red hair, which turned winter white in his later years, and kept the family pantry full during the Great Depression. I asked my father how he was able to grow food so well. His method was, of course, crop rotation, which is changing what is grown in a particular place within a field each season, and secondly, taking care of the soil. The soil was everything. Healthy soil had to be amended with nitrogen-fixing cover crops, added materials, added minerals, and animal byproducts, if you get my drift. He was largely organic farming before it was a thing. In the spirit of today's parable of the sower, you might say that my great-grandfather was sowing on good soil and reaped abundant harvests as a result. And of course, whatever was harvested was put up or canned by my great-grandmother, Mama Dine, and my grandmother, Martha Ray. Mind you, all these efforts were without the benefits of a very present-day requirement, air conditioning. <laughs> a parable is a wonderful device to teach lessons, and we will listen to more in the next few weeks. We usually remember lessons better when the information is hooked onto things that we already understand or know. A parable may be defined as a story that carries its meaning below the surface of the telling, demanding the hearer some thought and introspection and a bit of study if the person is to benefit from it. It challenges the hearer's imagination in that the parable can be much like a riddle or a puzzle that requires exploration and wonder, leaving room for the Holy Spirit to do its work. In fact, Jesus twice in the passage says, listen, and notice there's an exclamation mark after the statement. Dig deep to understand. Don't just perceive the sound and meanings of the word, which defines the word here, a word he uses a little bit later. Unlike most of the rest of the parables in Matthew's gospel, Jesus offers explanations for this particular story. The hard path leaves seeds exposed to be eaten by birds. These are the hearts that do not understand Jesus' teachings, and the evil one snatches them away from the truth. 
Jesus is likely referring to the Pharisees who choose not to listen and absorb and understand his message. The stony field is a place where the teachings are accepted with joy and comfort, but when difficulty comes their way or they are persecuted for their choices, these people fall away. I think we've seen situations like that. The mind is excited and willing, but with the pull of old habits, internal strife, unresolved personal issues, or social pressure, these people fall away. The word was short-lived in their lives, seemingly making no permanent change. Persevering in that change is overwhelmed by other internal demands. Next, the growing thorns choke out the life of the planted faith. The hearer of the word is overcome by worries of the material world and its hold on their soul. The call of earthly wealth or other matters is greater than their zeal for God. And lastly, Jesus speaks of the accepting heart, the one that understands and is willing and able to persevere when old patterns and beliefs or worldly desires pull you back to where you were before you heard the gospel of grace and salvation. The parable of the sower is relatively easy to understand, but of course there's always more to explore in scripture. One never finishes with revelations as a disciple of Jesus. In our story, you could surmise that, the only one of the, that only one of the four seeds matured into a fruit-bearing plant. That feels like a fairly low percentage of success, but one out of the four bore fruit, and with that produced seeds in abundance. Now, that is an excellent outcome. Being a disciple of Christ is a journey of love and joy, but is also challenged by foes from within, those temptations and choices that lead one away from God. Sometimes the field is very fertile. The person you share Christ with is in the right place and time to hear the gospel message. The seed is the potential life in Christ that takes root in a person and is, a well tended, and is well tended by the offerings of the faith community. The person perseveres in their discipleship journey and the potential of goodness is realized with a bountiful harvest of 30-fold or even 100-fold. We never know what the future holds. Faith, a gift of God and the listener of the word, is compelled by the Holy Spirit to deepen that faith and grow in God's goodness. In addition to the sowing that we do, we have a call to tend to that seed of faith and grow, tend to the seed and do our best to help nurture that growth. But ultimately, bearing fruit is out of our control. And we might know something about the person we talk to, talk with or preach to, but the inner life and attitude is only known to God. What we do know is that our job is to sow seeds. We are to sow the seeds the best that we know how and spread them wherever we are called, which is pretty much everywhere, even in places that seemingly cannot sustain faith. I can only imagine that Jesus and his disciples felt disheartened at times. Jesus offered a new way of life, a new covenant with God, and he and his followers were mostly rejected. It is an example for us. It is no secret that the church is experiencing declining attendance, even more so after the disruption of in-person worship during COVID. This can be discouraging to disciples in the church. 
I believe that Jesus is telling us today, as he was telling his followers who listened to his words, take heart, trust in your God-given faith, and just sow, sow as many seeds as broad and far as you can, even where you don't think Jesus' words can take hold. The strategy is to scatter everywhere. With my experience in the natural world, I believe that seeds sown everywhere actually do have a chance. Those seeds that are planted with thorns may outcompete the lure of wealth. Those seeds that fall on rocky soil may, in fact, grow roots through internal demons and break through the fissures and clefts to find good soil. And lastly, those seeds sown on the hard path indeed may be picked up by birds and then dropped to an adjoining field where they are nurtured and fed. Who knows what seed formerly on a hard path of rejection may find its way to a life in fullness of Christ. So sow seeds of goodness and love and mercy. Tell those you meet about the love of God, that he sent his son to live as one of us, and that he gave his life for us so that sin and death can no longer have dominion over us. Invite someone to Christ. Welcome them in their faith and connect them with the community of Jesus. If you believe the statistics, the seed will likely not bear fruit. But then again, that one seed might produce 100-fold in God's kingdom. So go, go and sow, and see what happens.